All right, we have got Robert Connors here of Signum CrossFit on the Fitness Retention Podcast. Robert, what's up? Hey, Alex, how you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Um, it's Monday. How was your weekend? Uh, it's fantastic. It rained here all weekend. Yay! <laughs> uh, yeah, so that means cooped inside with the kids, but we actually did this cool little photo shoot with uh, some people at the gym. So excited about those uh, those photos coming in. Awesome. Yeah. Um, for the people that aren't familiar, tell the listeners about Signum CrossFit, um, when it started, where you're at today, and kind of how you got to the point of opening up a gym. Yeah. Um, so the, the story of Signum, <clears throat> excuse me, actually began maybe about two and a half, three years ago. And uh, I believe the date was January 26, 2016. Mm -hmm. um, and my wife and I actually just came back from a baby moon cool. um, down in Aruba. Uh, two days later, got called into the office. Um, I worked for a Wall Street investment bank and I was let go. Okay. So uh, baby on the way, one right behind that. And it's like, what the heck am I going to do? Mm -hmm. uh, Search for a long time to find a job. Um, but to no avail, just couldn't find the right fit and uh, decided that I had to get up off my butt and do something, do something that I loved because towards the end of my career, I wasn't enjoying it um, as much. So um, I always knew that I wanted to own a, a small business, but didn't quite yet know. So my wife, as well as other friends at our CrossFit gym at the time, you know, pushed me into this route. So we opened our doors in 2018. Mm -hmm. uh, January 1, 2018, and um, uh, coming from traditional CrossFit big box environment, it's been a lot different, um, and uh, we, we really specialize in one-on-one -on -one personal training. In fact, mm -hmm. it's the majority, over 80%, 90% of what we do, hmm. uh, and so... Uh, working with the in the big box environment before then there were a couple clients that um, I felt like I had some you know a very good impact with and was able to coach well um, you can do that when you're one-on-one -on -one. Um, can't really do it in a 20-person group setting or can't yeah. do it as well yeah so um, our, our gym it's more of like a boutique uh, you know, PT studio if you check out our website what you see on the front page is what you get um, mm -hmm. as far as size but nine months into it really starting to see some you know very cool success stories and really being like in touch with people and really changing their lives it's very cool to see yeah and um just something that you touched on like i have taught crossfit i taught crossfit for two and a half years um and i think that the big thing is like you you love the community and you kind of like love the energy that you get but it's harder to see those little victories and it's like, you know, you, you see someone maybe has lost five pounds or 20 pounds or whatever it is, but you don't get to have as many of those conversations as to like why that's actually changing their life. Um, and it sounds like maybe that's kind of what right now you're in it for. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I have, I have, clients that'll send me, you know, pictures of what they were able to do over the weekend, you know, lifting a kayak up, whereas before they weren't able to do it. Like one of my, one of my clients actually, you know, she sent me a, 
she posted like, thank you for helping me find my happy again. And that mm -hmm. just sort of, you know, melted my wife and my like heart a little bit, like we're doing this for the right reason. So uh, you, you really, you really get to have a lot of like one-on-one -on -one and impact uh, with that person, even see them during their hard days, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So as someone who's like pretty fresh in, in the industry, um, a, a lot of people, I think a lot of people who have been trainers aspire to, to open their own gym or their own box or their own studio, whatever you want to, however you want to think of it. Um, what have you learned along the first nine months? Well, let's call it a year. What have you learned in the first year? Um, and how does that relate to client retention? Um, because as you build a business, obviously your business has to grow and for it to grow, you have to keep people. Right. Um, so kind of talk about that, like interweaving. Right. Yeah. You know, whether you do CrossFit, whether you do Pilates, whether you do yoga or, you know, P90X studio, call it whatever you want. Um, and I learned this back in my Wall Street days is um, if people are going to invest even that amount of money and time with you, there needs to be a relationship there. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to be able to build solid relationships. And that starts with, you know, just listening. Um, to what people want, um, listening to their pain points and, you know, helping them get to where they want to be. Uh, so it's, it, it'd be the same whether or not, you know, no matter what sort of fitness regimen you prescribe to, uh, we just happen to prescribe to the CrossFit methodology. So mm -hmm. um, how does that relate to, you know, just re retention is that do you, do you actively know? I mean, first case in point, do you know everyone in your gym that walks there by their first name who walks through your doors. I can say I do, you know, um, being such a, a smaller community. Um, but that's where you begin to build relationships. Um, and then just really getting, you know, to know them and, uh, their pain points in life. Um, for anyone starting out, uh, you know, wanting to start their own gym, you know, make sure that you want to own a business yeah. as well. Okay. It's uh, two different things. Um, on my part, I actually love the business side of it, you know, um, mm -hmm. but uh, the business side of it can take you further and further away from if you just loved only teaching and doing CrossFit. So you have to, you have to make sure you want to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, you know, having been a trainer for seven years, I, I know a lot of people that have opened up their own studio. And the ones that are the most successful care about the business. Like they, they want to be spending 80% of their time operating the business or 70 or whatever, a majority of their time working on the business um, and helping other people carry out their vision. Right. So like you want to help as many people as possible. Right. Um, how how do you plan on scaling your business going forward um understanding that you do enjoy working on the business but you also enjoy training like how do you manage both of those concurrently right right i would actually say my you know my split time is probably a, a little bit more enjoying uh you know working on the business side of it because i know like in that higher value type role that <clears throat> Uh, Signum can have more of an impact or it can have an impact on more people. Mm -hmm. um, 
So, you know, we have a relatively new trainer and it's all about creating opportunities and growing, you know, the business for her. Mm -hmm. With that, uh, when she's successful and gets to where she wants to be, then we'll replicate it and do it for another trainer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and so it has that sort of exponential growth coming with it there. Um, mm -hmm. But it's a fine line because we just don't want to be another, you know, big box. We want to have this little little niche, like little tribe, little community mm -hmm. um, so that we've naturally sort of gravitated to. So it's about creating opportunities for others. How would you describe your niche? Our niche? Um, I would say that what we do is we enable... Uh, the 50-plus community, um, or even the traditional non-gym goer, just to be more active um, in their lifestyle outside the gym. Okay. Okay. Um, they don't come to us to go to you know go to uh, go to the games or be a better CrossFitter. Mm -hmm. They come to us because uh, they want to um, you know be able to go kayaking, or they want to play with their grandkids, or they want to their backs not to hurt after golf and yeah. That. Yeah. Okay. Um, what's, what's something that you are for in the fitness industry and, and in the fitness business? Uh, relationships and personal attention and client service. Okay. Yep. That's simple. Can you, yep. um, can you elaborate on how maybe that helps or has helped you grow your business? Yeah. Um, in that um, the majority actually of my clients have uh, come from someone I've known mm -hmm. or they know someone who I know. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just fostering that relationship long-term. Um, the, you know, we do have a, a couple clients who, if you want to call them, came from cold leads or something like that. But mm -hmm. for the most part, it's been people that we have known um, along the way. So, I'm sorry, I digress around the original question. No, 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 it's all good. I mean, it's, it's how does, like, what are you for in the fitness industry and how has that mindset helped you grow your business? Right, right, yeah. So um, that sort of mindset has, when I first started out, uh, you know, sort of a, a, a life lesson is we did pretty successful in like a Facebook ad campaign, okay? Mm -hmm. And um, so, but being having been open you know nine months now um what we find is the lasting relationships uh impacts with clients are coming from when we get out in the community mm -hmm. so i'm really pushing myself and my team um more so of like let's get active let's get out there and let's meet people okay kind of getting out of your comfort zone to exactly meet yeah people, basically yeah exactly um what are you against in the fitness industry and the fitness business? Mm. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. <laughs> just sort of the meat grinder, I guess you could say, you know, like uh, in the door for, you know, one week, one month free, free. Let's just, uh, you know, with our recapture rate being at 20%, then we just need to get X amount in the door and we'll retain these people and, you know, just working your business model on sort of like, you know, a set show close rate, um, just passing through the sausage maker versus, you know, what I'm about is just client relationships and meaningful relationships. Um, 
And, um, you know, also against, I like learning from other business loan owners and in, in other silos. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you don't have to be a CrossFit gym owner. You, you know, you could be a, a kettlebell instructor or uh, a rowing instructor, a rowing clinic or a cycling clinic. Um, and there's a lot of like client retention things to, to learn from other people out there. So when you, when you say like you're, you're against kind of like this, we'll call it, um, I call them like lagging <laughs> leading indicators, like your, right. your leading indicators, how many people you call, how many people you get through the door, your lagging indicators might be how many people you close. Right. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe instead of saying like, or if I'm summing it up, like you're for this and you're against this, it sounds like you're trying to establish who the right client is for you rather than just figuring out that you should need to like hit a certain number of people through the door. So like, how do you segment and how do you find the right client for your business? Yeah. So I ask my current clients what they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, before I mean, we do what they do in terms of what? Uh, everything in their everyday life uh, mm -hmm. and even what their challenges are. Uh, if we want to throw a charity event, I ask them, what charities do you guys care about? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so we want to do something for, you know, for Parkinson's disease um, that popped up quite a bit. And um, uh, for example, it's as, as like uh, detailed targeting as I noticed that, uh, among our top clients, they all love plants mm -hmm. and they all have green thumbs. So guess what I put up in my gym, a bunch of plants. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I went, you wanted to ask me to do that, you know, two years ago, um, when it was about heavy barbells and all that good stuff, you know? Yeah. So, you know, what do you, what do you do? What, like, what do you, where do you spend your time? Where do you go? Like, what do you care about? Mm -hmm. um, you know, what organizations do you care about? And so that's where, you know, I want to get involved in. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really kind of just like an interesting point is when you look at a lot of the larger players in the space, like, you know, big box gyms, and I know that that's not your business that you're running, mm -hmm. but there isn't this asking people what's important to them. Right. And that's why someone, I don't, I don't know your rates, but I'm assuming they're a, a hell of a lot more expensive than $30 a month or $100 a month based on like this kind of classical, classic model of like a nice, quote unquote, nice gym. Right, right. Like a nice big box gym. And a lot of times people just want to be listened to. Exactly. And like the ROI on the plants that you're putting up would probably be <laughs> 10x what they would be if you bought a whole new set of barbells or like a you know like a yoke or whatever mm -hmm. um so it's just interesting that you're actually putting money behind the ideas that your clients tell you they care about right right exactly 100%. did you learn that doing in this business or did you learn that in your past business um more so in this business um i guess you could say uh, there were relationships in my prior, you know, prior Wall Street days, but I would say it was a lot of just transactional yeah. in essence. Um, and uh, more so in this business, trying to really like, you know, get to 
trying to understand my clients more. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you spend so much one-on-one -on -one time and you see them in like, you know, relatively vulnerable states. Yeah. Um, I'll have, I, I think more people will open up to me about their financial situation when I used to work on Wall Street than they will about their nutrition. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. Well, and you know, I, I've been, I've been a trainer for a long time. Like I've had people cry when they yeah. come through the doors. It's your, the gym is, and I don't know if you know this or not, but like the, my company name is Jim Ocean. It's the combination of gym and emotion because okay. I don't think that there's a purchase decision in fitness that isn't emotional. No, like you, you don't like the way you look like that ties back into an emotion that you feel about yourself when you look in the mirror. Yep. You don't like the way your back feels after you play with your grandkids. Does that mean that you're starting to feel unhealthy and that you might die and that you might have not have the relationship with your grandkids? Like that's emotional. So mm -hmm. it's just like, I mean, it's, it's powerful to hear someone's like, you know, taking that into account. And it's the first thing you said was listening. Like you have to listen. And you have yeah. to give people the space to open up to you. Yeah. And you know, sometimes like that's going to happen down the road. Yeah. Right. Like uh, I've even had clients where, uh, for example, like listening, like, you know, there, when it comes to one of the big lessons we learned is when it comes to nutrition, you're a lot of times you're talking about things that go like it's deep seated yeah. Yeah. Goes back to their childhoods and like bad like thing, unfortunate things that have happened, mm -hmm. whereas people that have been in the fitness industry, like you and I, it's like, just meal prep. What's wrong with that? <laughs> your veggies. Get your you macros. <laughs> yeah, but like when you get to the, like the, yeah, when you get to the heart and soul of it, you know, and someone opens up to you about it and you're just like, wow, okay, you know? Yeah. Um, this person sort of let me in their world. Yeah. And it's making themselves vulnerable. So, um that's, that's been another very, very eye-opening thing, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can't tell you one, you know, one person that's ever cried or told me about their, you know, childhood, um, things that they had going on in their childhood when I was talking to them about, you know, which stocks were going to go up and down 20%. Yeah. You know? Sure. <laughs> yeah. So what is something that, uh, that you've learned that every gym could do tomorrow to save time? To save time? Yep. Uh, time or retention? Time. Okay. Uh, like how do you, I mean, ultimately the things that I talk about on the show are mm -hmm. about what can you do to ultimately allocate more time or money to keeping your current members happy. So what would you do at that time? Hopefully you would work on improving the product, the service, the experience right. that you're offering. But how do you initially start to save that time so that you can refocus your energy when you have right right yeah um at the end of the day it's you know i would in essence i sort of know what my effectively hourly rate is mm -hmm. okay um and anyone or any way i can pay someone to do a task cheaper than that rate mm -hmm. i pay them all day long mm-hmm you know, cause I can use that to do maybe more sales and marketing or get out in the community more. Mm -hmm. It's a higher value proposition to me, uh, mm -hmm. longer term, um, to save more time. You know, the reason we, 
do a lot of things is just because we've already always done them since we opened our doors. Mm -hmm. But then look at it and look at your top clients. Does this directly serve them mm -hmm. or indirectly serve them? If the answer is no, then stop doing it. <laughs> so looking at yeah. the people that represent the largest slice of your business in kind of like troubleshooting whether or not what you're trying to do helps them. Right. Yeah. So, uh, for example, mm -hmm. like we don't do this, but, um, it could be something to the effect of like, are you spending all your time on like marketing time on Twitter mm -hmm. for your business? Now, one of my, you know, clients has a Twitter account, maybe 5% of them do mm -hmm. so stop messing around on Twitter or mm -hmm. the extreme thing will do you have a couple clients like in a CrossFit gym box who you know do a lot of high value PT mm -hmm. um five percent of your clients or um and then you have you know you're doing competitor programming for two percent of your clients mm -hmm. stop wasting your time on competitor programming yeah you know um so those are some extreme examples no that mean I mean if you're spending 20% of your time programming for 2% of your people, then yeah. Whack. Yeah. Cause you just always used to do it that way. Yeah. Um, okay. So same question, but, um, something that gyms can do starting tomorrow to make more money. Okay. Um, easiest thing I would say is sit down and look at your highest value clients in terms of, you know, money as well as joy. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and regularly every, every three months, just do goal review sessions with them. Um, mm -hmm. what are they happiest about? What are their challenges? What are their pain points? Okay. Mm -hmm. And, um, continue to stay in front of them. Every, you can just, just start with our, your high value people. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, then create a plan moving forward over the next three months right? And then just continue to do that and have those systems in place. You can do it with a simple Google spreadsheet. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. let's say every quarter, um, and I know you have to go here in a few minutes and we'll wrap up soon, but let's say every quarter you have one of these um, goal review sessions with your client. What's the total amount of time that you're putting into the session? Um, either like planning for it, reviewing the document, setting up the questions, like what kind of a time expectation should people have for that if they're running them? Oh, geez, 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's crazy. So it all, it all starts on, you know, your systems in the front end and yeah. you have a system to save, you know, every either their initial interview or their prior goal, goals, goal setting sessions in a folder, mm -hmm. create mm -hmm. that system. It takes five, 10 minutes to review it. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, if you're in an atmosphere like we are, you already know them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sit down and have a conversation with 15 minutes. Um, what are you happy about or what would you like to speed up? And then uh, move forward with that. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you may even, you may even like, they may tell you, well, I'm leaving in September and you can sort of, or excuse me, November for a long family trip and you could get in front of that. Yeah. Versus. Hey, I got to cancel my membership. Yeah. It's like, okay, for November, we're going to do some online programming for you. Mm hmm. Yep. What's so, it's something that's funny that you, it's funny that you bring that up because I think a lot of times when people like put their membership on hold, 
that's kind of like a foot in the door to leave. Um, and I'm a big fan of personalized gifts to people. So like if, if a member says, Hey, I'm going to be leaving for six weeks, I'm going to be traveling around Asia, um, on a business trip. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why more people don't do this, but like buy them a jump rope and a lacrosse ball for them to take on the road. And I can pretty much guarantee you when they come back, they're going to be a member of your gym. Yep. And a lacrosse ball and a jump rope might be 20 bucks, but that might buy them another year of membership. So like there's little touch points that people think like, Oh, you're leaving. I'll see you when you get back. But if you can enhance that experience, those, those, that ROI on those efforts is huge. And yep. it, maybe it only works on one out of five people, but still, if they're a member for a year and you spend a hundred bucks out of pocket and you save someone's membership for a year, like that's still crazy ROI. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it, like a little booklet of, I want you to do these workouts and log your results right here and we'll yeah. look at it when you get back. Dude, that's like you know? maybe a half an hour of effort from you. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, it's interesting like to hear you say that the goal setting sessions I mean, you're basically setting people up to be a member or a customer of your business for the next quarter. Right. Right. Yep. That's yep. ultimately what the goal to help them and to keep them in the doors. Right. Right. Or if anything is just like changed, you know, yeah. um, and what, how can you be better? Yeah, exactly. So, well, we're actually our, our spot of goal setting sessions right now. Uh, it's post summer and people go through their summer slumps. Yeah, for sure. You know, so it's like getting them right after the summer slump and uh, sort of revamping them. You know, not every goal session do you need to upsell them on something. No, you should. I mean, yeah, you, shouldn't. you know, like uh, someone who's coming three, four times a week with PT and doing nutrition. Like what more do you want to sell them? You know? Yeah. Um, but like uh, just, you know, staying in front of them and just revamping is sort of the thing, the theme we're seeing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Being visible and having every experience with you be a good one. Yeah. 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 Awesome. So I even use goal ses setting sessions sometimes. I, I had a recent one to actually would discontinue a membership. It mm -hmm. was just not a good fit. It was mm -hmm. not a good fit. So. Yeah. Well, you're probably spending in a disproportionate amount of time thinking and acting on that member. Right. So, that, I mean... Yeah ultimately not worth your time, but it's tough for people to like quit a client. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not fun. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Hey, I know you have a hard stop here in a couple minutes. Um, so I just want to wrap up Robert Connors, Signum CrossFit, um, new to the game, but really good to get like fresh eyes on a, what would be considered like a problem. I think, um, a lot of people stumble when they start and maybe you've had your stumbling, you know, weeks or months or whatever, but, Ultimately, what would you leave um, if, if you knew someone was listening, thinking about starting up a gym, kind of a similar style gym to yours, what would you, what advice would you leave them with? Um, I think that you should really like sit back and um, before you do anything, understand what your values are and what you want out of your life. and does your new venture of creating a gym fall within that? Um, if the answers to that are yes, go out and get a mentor. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I have some mentors and I've saved a lot of time and effort and money on avoided mistakes. Yeah. Um, mistakes that I would be living with to this day. So do those two things. Yeah. I have a business coach and she has saved me so much time. Uh huh. Like Uh months. Every time I sit down with her, it's months saved. Yes. And I can't speak high enough to the value of what you just said, finding a mentor and finding someone who's done it before Mm -hmm. and paying them to not mess up basically. (laughs) Yeah. Don't go buy, you know, $500 Lico barbells or $300 competition plates or Mm -hmm. nice rogue phone boxes. Go buy a mentor or get with a mentor. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, probably the best advice you could possibly give. So um, I know you got a jet. Um, Thanks again for joining me. Uh, You and I will talk soon. um, And I hope you have a good rest of the day. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Robert. Yep.